Welcome to The Hormone Suite, where we talk about all things hormonal and how our hormones can positively or negatively govern our lives. We examine the intersection between our external and internal environments and empower you to become hormonally literate. This podcast was created to demystify and destigmatize hormones so that you can become part of a new generation of people who are the masters of their own health. I'm Talia Minot. And I'm Gemma Martin. And we're very excited for you to join us on this journey. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Hormone Suite podcast. This week, our episode is sponsored by the Hormone Suite Clinic, your one-stop shop for all things hormonal. My name is Gemma Martin, and today I'm joined with Tyson Venables. Tyson is a personal trainer, a men's health educator, He's a holistic lifestyle coach and he's a co-founder of the Flow State Collective. And I'm really excited to be chatting with Tyson this morning because we're really going to dive into a little bit of men's health and discuss how we can get better outcomes for our guys. Hi, Tyson. <laughs> nice to see you this morning. Thanks for having me on, Jim. Great to be here and hello to everyone listening. Can you tell us a little bit about what your focus is and what your goals are at the moment? Uh, at the moment with myself and business-wise, I was, business-wise, it's really focusing on helping men and women. I found that recently my focus with mentoring and helping people coaching-wise has really taken a bit of it as I've become more in tune with fatherhood and the importance of having a present father, that that's been a massive focus that's been coming through with the clientele that I've been seeing and, and um, helping. So our business flows to States Collective um, is meditation and mentoring and we've kind of gone through a transitioning phase over the last two years and what has really kind of stuck out to us uh, in the business is that from my background and from Emma's background from she's from she's been on the podcast before but the need for the mind condition the mean the need for the mind's health our mental health is really quite apparent at the moment and especially coming from my background in PT and working in the gym for so long um, I, I noticed along the way that the fitness and the, the the nutrition side of things generally you could get people doing something really quite easily but that was always just reached a point in their in their journey that there was a roadblock of some description and it 99 times out of 100 it would come back to the mind and there would be some kind of like destructive pattern or something that would occur that would then see them either spiral or come backwards in their in their journey so one thing that we've really worked on in flow states is creating a product or um, service that is allows people to access and really get into in touch with that other side or that they may not actually be aware of to be able to actually grow and find flow in all of their aspects of life uh, which is great as now coming into parenthood uh, when you begin to think about this stuff or may not think about it and then you're deep in sleep deprivation and you like things start to boil up and you go where the hell did that come from and you're cracking the, you're, you're cracking it with your partner or you're just losing it yourself. And so being able to give people tools and allow them to unpack that sort of stuff in a way that's nice and safe, but also then allows them to then get to that point, whether it's prenatally, postnatally, 
further down the track in parenthood, there can actually be a present and actual connected parent with themselves, but also with their partner and their child. So um, yeah, it's been such an awesome journey, like getting to this point now. And it's interesting how parenthood kind of begins to change you and shows your mirror what you need to work on. So if you can have that mirror prior to it, then you can actually enjoy that little mirror that's actually in front of you rather than beating your head up against the wall. Yeah. That is just so amazing. I really feel like there's a fair bit more support these days in the women's space in the postpartum. And there's a lot of focus on motherhood, which I think was really, really needed. But I really feel like there's a bit of a deficit in dadhood, in fatherhood. And it seems to me from what I experience in the world around me that dad's jobs a lot of the time is just to have a job, go to work and sort of then just be there at home. But What you're talking about is really changing men's relationships, I suppose, with themselves, with their partners, with their children, and maybe getting into that shadow self and dealing with some of the deeper sort of issues that might have pre-kids just held them back from reaching their full potential in terms of fitness or lifestyle or career. But then when it's faced at you with a child, your tiny mirror that you're talking about, it really sort of flares up. And it's like that reflection, I think, I know from myself, it is like more strong than anything else that I've ever experienced in my life. Like everything else I've sort of been like, oh, I can get to this certain point, but if it's too hard, I'll just turn around and do something different or I'll change my relationship or I'll change my job. But you can't change your kids. They're there with you. And so I think it's so Mm. profound to be doing that work that allows men to feel the vulnerability to be able to go into those places with themselves and start to assess what those triggers are and what that means for them and what they need to do in order to really show up and be just awesome dads. Because really, that's the biggest work in the world. Parenting, I think, is the most important work any of us could be doing. And it blows my mind sometimes that we have PhDs in, I don't know, biochemistry and know how to build all these amazingly beautiful machines and drive cars really fast and go to the moon, if you believe in that. And yet that relationship, that relational stuff with our people, our bringing up, our fostering this growth of this tiny little person is so hard and so challenging. And I think that we're not heaps supported by our community in that way. I think it's getting better. And I think that work that you're doing is really fundamental to changing the landscape that we have with raising our next generation of the people who are going to look after us when we're old too, if we get that far. Yeah. So that's awesome. Yeah, I agree with you. And just want to touch on even like the, you may mention there with the support for the men in postnatal and onwards. And it's actually interesting that you mentioned that I went through a period of postnatal depression and didn't really tell anyone that I was going through it. And then, then it wasn't until I looked into it, it was like a figure, I think it's like three in five men suffer from a postnatal depression. And that's huge. That's massive, you know, and there's a lot of dudes who are out there. And that's when I think that men tend to either then begin to shut down and they just go into holy, holy and solely work mode or they go into drinking a six pack to 12 beers a night because that's their, their coping mechanism. And yeah, you're, like you're absolutely right when you say there is that greater awareness and help for women postnatally. And yeah, it's something that's really like a passion of mine being on the the mental health journey that I've personally been on or touched briefly on it. Huge drug abuse um, led to an attempted suicide and then bounced back drug abuse again. And then wasn't until like I realized that I was then abusing 
myself in the gym, just going to the gym nonstop, that that was a, a coping mechanism again. And then that's what led me to what would be my more spiritual side of actually realizing that I actually need to do something in work inside the head rather than doing all this other work outside. And so that is my background that's led me to this essential journey right now and yeah like you said with the vulnerability side of things with men i think like and that's one word i think sometimes might scare dudes off that they have to be vulnerable that it's being soft that it's being uh, i'm gonna have to soften out of my masculine i think uh, that what i've really been realizing recently and that i actually thought yeah i've got to be this vulnerable dude i actually polarized myself from a lot of men that actually i could have potentially been accessing because i was being super open and vulnerable women love it women love seeing you being vulnerable but it's like the dudes that are actually being wanting that kind of access to it they see it and they go, oh, this guy's like talking too many feelings and like sort of thing. So it's, I feel that sometimes then we need to kind of find that softness in ways that men can then actually relate rather than actually going and writing a poem and stuff like that or whatever it is or completely being or crying and showing that everything like men want it, men will cry at some point in time, but it's, or have that kind of breakthrough moment, but it's giving them the tools in another way that then they can actually then realize it. So it might be doing some breath work. It might be doing an ice bath. It might be doing something that allows them to come out of that thinking mind and then coming back into their body. Cause so many dudes are just in their thinking mind. I've got to, I've got to make the wages this week. I've got to come home, blah, 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 blah. Like there's just thinking, 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 thinking. I'm going to go to the gym for three hours and disappear for three hours. And when we can get men back into their body and back into their heart, through different ways and means that is not just a coping mechanism, then that's when we begin to unlock dudes a little bit faster, I feel. Yeah, you said so many things there that I want to comment on. I suppose the first thing that came up is that I see that a lot with my clients that a lot of people, men and women actually, but it's more accepted, I think, in the men's health world is to be sort of punishing yourself and torturing yourself at the gym. So it's like, even though for women, there's a lot of this, you know, we have a lot more awareness about body dysmorphia and about eating disorders and that sort of thing. I think the same thing's going on in the men's world, but it's just more accepted because it's pumping Mm. iron and that, you know, it seemed Mm. to be an okay thing. It doesn't seem to be a a self-flagellation sort of um, technique, but like you're talking about with your own experience, it was like you were there. So you're trying to avoid really trying to avoid feelings or trying to avoid discomfort or trying to avoid maybe vulnerability and that vulnerability is difficult and I think we do as men and women access it in different ways you know we're we're wired very differently we don't have to do it the same and I don't think trying to be the same is helpful for anyone but I think there's that beauty when you can find the strength in the softness the strength in the vulnerability that that vulnerability that allows you to actually be a stronger man and a better dad and a better partner and a better friend and a better son and a better worker, really, if you can access those sides of yourself that are uncomfortable, ugly, less held up as as a shining beacon of light in our culture. But one thing I want to ask you about, Tice, is how you make that transition for you guys from, because I'm imagining, you know, there'd be a lot of guys that would come to see you for sort of the physical training, or maybe they want to get better at their jobs and so they're doing the meditation from that perspective and it's that real thinking brain it's a real yang sort of achievement focused mindset and how you get them from there to a place where they can care for themselves and 
feel like that's an okay thing and that that's like a healthful, holistic, self-motivated, joyful experience to care for themselves because there's this culture I know in Australia and probably in lots of other countries too where for a man to care for himself by eating vegetables is somehow seen as weak or to rest is Mm. weak except to be drinking beer. It's like to even look at the body or the mind and say, oh, the body needs this. It actually needs some stretching or it needs more vegetables or it needs to eat more omega-3 fatty acids or whatever. For some reason, I noticed with my clients that a lot of dudes are just like, nah, nah, we don't do that. We just go to work and we eat our sambos and steak for dinner and, and that's what we do, you know, and it's like the actual assessment of the self, that even looking and caring for the self is very difficult. And I'm curious to know how you get over that line between just doing the things, you know, ticking off the boxes and actually going to the next level, which is like now I now I do the things because I love myself and I care for myself and it's important. Mm, that's a great question. And it's got, I, think, I think it's got many layers and there's almost a case-by-case case kind of situation with guys. Um, and like you said, there will be the guys who will meditate and there will be the guys who then move but or do yoga or whatever, but then will shut down at certain points. And I think I've found that men... <laughs> a lot slower on the uptake of certain things so it'll take him a little while longer to reach that point of where a woman will be able to just drop in and take that experience and then and move with it for instance with the man who meditates it's then allowing whether they're just doing like a five minute meditation or whatever and there's that interest there so you what i like to do is you just continue to build on that interest that it doesn't become like a, a complete like again coping mechanism and that's all you do but you build on that interest so whether it's then teaching them a self-reliant uh, meditation practice like what we teach so then you actually teach them a technique that they can then meditate whenever they want because then that allows them to then access that deeper state of being which is that beautiful whole and soul everything and being right now and then rather than taking being in that thinking mind that is like one one aspect and obviously meditation is such a huge key but then like even with myself and with clients and stuff it's more like even if the guy drinks like six drinks a week a night and it's like actually unpacking that as a like okay so what is the reason behind the drinking the six beers a night um and i've had men who are like well i had my first one at, at work i jump in the car and i get home and by the time i get home like i know that i'm going to be walking into a house that's the kids are screaming my wife just wants to throw the kids at me and i haven't had a, a chance to spend five minutes to myself so then it's kind of giving them the tools it's like okay well one thing that i actually really learned myself when i was an apprentice on construction sites i'd watched every afternoon because i always been staying back because i worked for the builder and you'd be closing up and you you'd watch the contractors leave and there was like old kind of italian and greek men in their 50s 60s and they they go into the the lunch sheds and they'd get changed they'd get changed out of their clothes they'd sit down for a while and just chill out and then they'd get in their car and leave and go home and then one day i questioned the guy and it wasn't until like maybe a few years ago i actually actually clicked on what he was actually doing and what he was doing he was separating that point of his job to his home life so he'd get changed at work, leave his work clothes there and then take his, his clothes and take go home dressed nicely for his family. And so when he could get out of his car, he was actually 
grounded into what he was already doing as he and he could actually present himself to his family as a happy loving father or loving partner rather than walking in like dragging his knuckles in his in his work clothes and his briefcase or whatever it was that he had and just even offering that as an as an example or a, a potential tool for men that then creates that separation from drinking or walking in and the drudgery that occurs after you enter into the household because that in itself is a, a, a change in the behavioral pattern of how you're going to then interact with whether it's your kid because if you've had a bad day and you walk in and you fly off the handle and it's nothing to do with that kid but the kid's kicking off and you're losing losing it at your child or your, your partner then the child and the partner then sees that and they have no idea what's happened on the backside of that so allowing that moment whether even if it's just a five minute breath work in the car before you go in to calm the nervous system down to then allow you to then move in to that space then you can support yourself and then that's a way of then maybe that six to twelve drinks ends up not being that because your mindset and your body is really at more of a calm level that you don't actually need to use those other substances and situations as an escape from what's actually occurring here that is yeah one tool kind of thing that I really really took off when when I was when I was observing it as my apprenticeship was like oh yeah that actually makes sense and I offered that up with clients and stuff before and it's it's it could go for anyone could go for male and female if you're doing the nine to five or whatever it is and you you, the, the job satisfaction is there but it's always just case by case and just unpacking what that what it is what what is creating that relationship with whatever could potentially be life-threatening obviously like if it's creating a dis-ease within the system somewhere that it needs to change and then unpack that might also be relationships that they've had obviously with family mother and father issues and stuff like that doesn't happen like you just kind of pull one thread at a time rather than trying to throw the kitchen sink at them definitely and that's so interesting what you said about watching the older italian and greek guys do that process of sort of switching between work life and family life my ex-partner and myself were seeing a couple psychologist for a while and that was a thing that she recommended that he do she said that for men going straight from work which is sort of like your hunting brain you know it's you're getting shit done you're really focused you sort of get out of my way give me my tools I'm going to do my things and you're really outcome focused right to being at home is really relational and community focused and I think for women it's a lot easier but I know even for myself sometimes I need to switch between being in my hunting brain to being in my family brain. And so she would recommend this thing called transition time where before you enter into the family space, either partner, but more for the males to take 20 minutes or half an hour to just sort of calm down the nervous system and get out of that driven yang focused hunting brain and into the community brain where they can be more receptive to the needs of the partner and the needs of the children. So I think that's really cool that you observe that and you put that into practice and it's a good one. Like you say, those little tools sometimes can make such a big difference for people that that might be the thing that gets them over the line to thinking about other things. And like you say, then you pull the next thread if they're ready for it of, okay, what else is going on that could be stopping you from being a fully engaged parent and partner and an empowered human being I suppose is what we're really going for and I think the other thing that 
you spoke to was giving men meditation techniques that they can take away and do on their own. And I think that's another really big thing that I see with the guys that I see in clinic is that they really like to have that ownership and and self-empowerment, like rather than being told this is what you're doing and having like a a guide or a guru or a practitioner, they like to take that away and own it and and do it themselves. So that's really cool that you do that. And you mentioned Mm. on another chat that often the women, the wife, the partner, the girlfriend will be the person who makes the first point of contact for seeking out help for their partner. And I noticed also on your Instagram that you give some tips around that. And a lot of our listeners are women. I think most of our listeners are women. (laughs) And so For those women who are listening, can you just tease that out a little bit about how to help your man, if your partner's a man, get to the point where they can get some assistance in making the next step with their health or with their mental health and their mindset? Because quite often we're in this tay-to-tay-it, but it's very naggy and it's very pressury and it's very judgy it feels like that I know guys feel judged a lot when their a partner asks them to do something different with their life with their health and so how can what tips have you got for us to help us to empower our partners to live a better life to be more fulfilled to get better health to be better dads and partners mm, that's a great question I've got a whole it like a whole list, but I'll, I'll probably, I'll give you the five that I feel at the moment would probably be good to start with is before you offer a suggestion or sometimes it, it comes across as a demand or need for you to do this is just check with how it's going to be delivered. Because obviously like if a man is in a quite stressed state or if he's in a depressed state, if you're offering a suggestion and constantly offering that suggestion to him it'll get shut down and blocked because he is dealing with a lot of things and then being in connection with your man to be in connection with his feelings so if you are actually asking him to talk about his feelings it's actively listening without judgment but also the need to reply when you then listen from a point of just listening if he says you make me feel this way that is not your cue to kick off and then get upset he's telling you his feelings and we have emma and i have these discussions too sometimes like she's asked me what you the way you've just done that is makes me feel angry or it makes me feel really quite sad or whatever and if she gets upset i'm like well this is me talking about my feelings allow me to talk about my feelings without you taking it on as yourself this is just the way i'm feeling with when you do this And that allows me then that venting point that allows me to, I'm not having a dig at her. It's just saying, bring it into your feelings rather than you're going, you do this and that's not so bad. And I hate that. And it's like that then puts up a wall for both people and you're just punching his wall. So it's allowing then your man to then have that, that space to go, yeah, you, what you're doing is you're making me feel this way. It makes me sad or it makes me a little bit agitated when you do this or whatever. And then you can then create a, a dialogue around that to then access that deeper stuff that you actually need to talk about. If that means then you need to take a step out of the room to then take a breath to then move forward from it, that maybe have to, okay, I'm just going to take a moment. We'll come back and pick this up. So then we don't, we're both not agitated. That's one big thing. Yeah, the third one would be like coming from a place of inquiry. So everything that I teach is always got to be like from a place of inquiry. So 
whether he is in from a place of inquiry or you're in a place of inquiry. So you're inquiring about things that he really loves doing outside of what we would deem a toxic kind of thing to do. So like if he's going down the pub and spending all day down there betting on the, the, the horse races and stuff like that, that might not be something that he actually really needs to be doing, but he might enjoy going fishing for a couple of hours and that's him doing his thing, you know. He might be interested in going to an ice bath or he might be interested in going to a, a men's retreat or something like that, that then can then be helped. You can help that along a little bit more rather than going, I think you need to go to yoga and do yoga because you're so unflexible and blah, 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 blah. That's then you telling him he's not good enough for whatever it is. So it's like find an interest that interests him and help polish that little rough stone and especially if it's along the path of self-development, like breath work and ice bath and stuff like this is stuff that guys still feel like they're in their masculine because they've got to sit in an ice bath for three minutes. And that's kind of, holy shit, that's a lot. Again, it's like a gateway drug to another, that deeper self. And so whether he is a guy who smokes three packs a day or whatever it is, or is drinking a carton of beer a week, maybe it's setting smaller goals rather than saying quit everything all at once and then actually celebrating it. Celebrate those wins. Celebrate the wins. Like, oh, man, you went to two ice baths this week. How good is that? Like, let's have a dinner, a nice dinner together and actually really celebrate that. Because then you're actually reinforcing what you actually, what, what you're both getting out of it. And you then can then tell him your feelings. It's like, oh, when you went to that ice bath, you came home so much relaxed, more relaxed. How did you feel? Because I felt it in your in, in your energy. Because then he's like, oh, yeah, I actually felt really good. So then he's actually then starting to become more aware of himself. He's becoming more aware of, like, how he feels in his body. Because then that's the other thing. Men aren't aware of, like, like women. Women can feel like, oh, yeah, I'm feeling really sad right now. I need to have a cry. Men just feel this energy and just, like, I've got to do something. Like, more, more than likely, it's like, like that hunter thing it's like we'll go out and catch some catch some wildebeest and lift it over our shoulder and bring it back and that is what we do but it's not until we actually sit and realize okay cool that this is actually anger that i need to work and process and why is this anger coming up then we can do it but there takes a little while to get there there's a few steps and processes to get there but definitely i would be number four would be celebrating or four or five would be celebrating the wins whether it's small or large and relating it to feelings in, in both people have that check-in and it's, it's almost what i've seen even also with like my my son river is too we now uh, we're now asking him himself is like well, how does that make you feel is it making you happy or is it making you sad and it's allowing him that process to actually realize well, why is that what is this process or what is this experience that i'm having making him feel and as young males as, as babies as little boys we're told most children are told no you're all right you're all right get up you're all right get up but he's sitting there having it he's sitting there crying or he might have stubbed his toe it might actually be really painful for him so it's allowing him to have that moment and then associate that moment with whatever it is because then when he gets to 37 40 years old he actually knows okay yeah that's that pain when he stubbed his toe might not actually be as bad, but he's like, yeah, like that hurts. I, I hurt myself. Or the little kid in the playground who pushed me over was bullying me essentially, but my parents told me it was okay. So he, throughout life, he again gets told that he's, it's okay to be pushed around. And then that bullying 
process continues. So it's even for parents, it's like if you have little boys or even if you have little girls, it's allowing them to feel that process and then validating what they're experiencing because that's the other thing is like we can be doing the work on ourselves, but also, again, that's that mirror. If that mirror is seeing what you're you're like holding on to, but you're then projecting it onto them, where they're going to have to do the work as well. That's why I kind of coming back to your how you're talking about before with parenting. I feel like we're like under one of those magnifying glasses, and we're the ant that's kind of like getting magnified, and the kids kind of chasing you around with this beam. That's that's what I feel like parenting is. We're the we're the ant under the magnifying glass, and if you're doing if you're doing the work and you're trying to help the child through, it's a massive responsibility, and sometimes it gets really overwhelming. But again, you unpack it to that just little bits and pieces here and there. And then eventually things just start to feel like they're in flow again, for sure. That analogy for parenting is exactly how I feel, Tyson. It is the most intense experience (laughs) of my whole life. I didn't know I had so many triggers until I became a parent. And I think, you know, we do a lot of work in the preconception area where we encourage couples to really clean up their bodies before they fall pregnant because we're passing on our genetics to our children and also because you know you Mm. can have a a great pregnancy for women or a really rough one and and, you know the more preconception work that you do the better chances you are of having a great pregnancy great birth great postpartum but I I would love it if as part of that we actually included some of that self-reflection work and that real trigger work and you know even just going in an ice bath I think is sort of working on that because you're working on being in something so uncomfortable that you can't get out I mean you can get out of it but you're training your brain and your body that it's okay to be in this place of deep stress and we can endure this we can get through it we actually have the strength we have way more strength than what we maybe can perceive based on our normal daily lives But it'd be amazing, wouldn't it, if we did some of that journey work before actually having children so that we're not maybe quite so in the thick of it once the kitties arrive and partner's triggering you because she's tired and, you know, the house isn't finished and what happened with the washing yesterday and we're going to use cloth nappies and now we're not. And, you know, all of those millions and millions of things that come up for couples when they are parenting small children, particularly for dudes, because I think for women, once they fall pregnant, they start going through that mental journey already, you know, their body and their brains transform massively and they then Mm. get catapulted through this extreme experience of adulthood I think just in the birthing process you know your whole body opens up your psyche opens up and, and I feel like we just shoot through this wormhole into this new person which then obviously continues to develop but I feel like for guys it can take a little bit longer and if we were doing a little bit more of that work together throughout the pregnancy or together in the preconception phase that we might have a bit of an easier journey as new parents because it's just such a, you can't know how hard, how interesting and hard it's going to be until you're there. And um, I think what I really liked when you were talking about the work that guys can do, like the ice baths and the breath work, and then talking about it in terms of, oh, we we sort of want to go out and hunt the wildebeest. I really love, I love that both of those things can exist too and that the ice bath can be combined with the wildebeest hunting and that I think that that's really good for guys because I think that with you being higher testosterone, probably higher cortisol, 
you probably need to go and do those real burning off steam sort of things like the hunting, the fishing, the playing rugby, the running into each other, the boxing. You know, I, I recommend boxing to people regularly because I just think it's such a great way to to get that energy that's stored up. Like you say, you just feel energy, but you don't know what it is because I feel like for a lot of the guys I know, they're just cut off from the neck, you know, and I can be like this too. This is not a judgment call. I can be a bit masculine in that way. So I get it. Sometimes I don't know how to feel my feelings either. So I feel like I understand on some level, but just taking it to that next space where you can be quite outward focused and quite masculine and quite energy driven, but also allowing your mind and body to actually feel what's going on with those feelings inside. What is the, what are the signals that are coming from your body? Cause your body's so smart. It's telling you things all of the time. You know, you have this capacity now because of the work that you've done to teach your child, hey, that's a feeling, you know, this is this is what's going on. What are you feeling in your body right now? Because feelings are sensations. And I know with my kids, even though I think sometimes, oh my God, this parenting thing is so hard and I wasn't prepared for it. I need more skills. I do feel like the vocabulary they have around their emotions and being able to say, hey, mom, I feel lonely right now. And I think, oh my God, you're not even five. I definitely didn't have that when I was a kid. So I feel like the, Mm. you know, the men's work that you're doing translates into this. It's a huge ripple effect. You know, it's like the butterfly effect. It has this massive outward experience that is resonating throughout our children throughout our next generation and imagine you know I'm sure our kids will have really different challenges to us that we can't even anticipate because the world is changing so rapidly and I'm sure that my kids will end up in therapy anyway so (laughs) we'll start the therapy fund now but just the different experience that they're going to have with that thing of okay my body body autonomy this is what's happening in my body I feel sad that's not okay when someone treats me like that. And I think parents sometimes are doing their best. And I think sometimes the message that they're sending when they're saying you're okay is they're saying you're safe, I'm here. But what the child's hearing is, no, it's not okay that you have that feeling. And so we're really changing mm. the space, I think, for our next generation. Yeah, and I think like we, with that safe, you're okay kind of situation, it's just as a, sometimes like as a parent, it's kind of that reactive kind of, response to the situation that then also i know myself i'm not perfect and i've had said that i even said it this morning river was like river fell over it's okay mate get up and she's emma said no it's not okay like he's and then it was actually having more of a dialogue with him i mean like i see you fell over how are you He's like, oh, I hurt my bottom. I'm okay though. And he got up and walked up. Like he, he like slipped over. So it was actually spinning around. Actually, he was spinning around. And his world was going like this, and he's he, he fell over while he was spinning around. It was actually quite funny to watch. But in that moment, as that reactive kind of response, and also almost a a learnt response from being told throughout everything, is like, you're okay. Come on, get up. So it's like again being able to then for our own personal practices is like having that meditate having a meditative practice that then takes you from a reaction state to a responding state because then when we can actually respond to situations when we can respond to our partner rather than react to our partner when we can respond to our children rather than react to our children we can actually have that more of an open dialogue a little bit because you can take that kind of minute breath say how are you feeling like rather than going, no you're right and it's like that snap and especially like as mothers, like whoever's the primary caregiver at home, like you have those mirrors in front of you, like nonstop all the time. And it's a huge 
huge undertaking. And just coming back onto the male preparation prenatally and even like even preconception, but like especially prenatally, like men tend to think that once they've done their like they've done their business in bed, that that's it until they're nine nine or ten months down the track. That's your key point in the journey for you to then begin if you haven't done any work then your partner's going through all of this physical changes that you're going to be able to sit there and kind of go she's telling me the baby's kicking and moving but i can kind of put my hand on there and kind of feel that the baby's moving but i have no idea what she's actually talking about like i can actually kind of just listen to what she's what she's going through and be there on the ride and for myself with river i was just like what the hell is going on but it was then my chance to then actually do work that i was actually dealing with or hadn't dealt with up until that point because other than working and doing my extracurricular stuff i'm not dealing with that sort of stuff other than riding the emotional train that is your pregnant partner so even that having those emotions come up for your pregnant partner and then noticing how that then sits with you as a male then you and it's like oh shit like she's actually if i'm kind of dismissing her it's like why am i dismissing her is it something that's within me that i i need to deal with because i'm not open to dealing with that because then that allows you then at that point of when birth occurs and you're literally thrown into the fire of parenthood and i don't want to like put anybody off but you actually then then this is what your this is your role now as a human on this planet is to then raise that child and it's a huge responsibility and if you haven't done any kind of work like you said it's it's going to kind of show up in those first few months especially when you get to like a four month sleep regression and you haven't had sleep for a few weeks and you're like holy shit like what is going on and like we didn't discuss this like like you start to discuss schools and you start to just discuss all this other stuff and it's like we haven't discussed this and we're sleep deprived and now we're yelling at each other because we don't actually know what's going on we don't know what day it is we don't know what ups and down and we've got our financial issues and we're trying to discuss something that's medial you know so it's like Having these discussions also prior to birth is also great. We, um, as males, there's also kind of a bit of a disconnect in modern society, how that caveman kind of style, like where you used to go out into nature and you do an initiation of, of some description and be initiated into manhood, you would be then from that point, a dis- there'd be a disconnect from the mother archetype so whoever the mother was you'd then be handed over to the males of the tribe or whatever it is and you go out and do your initiation in today's society we don't have that so there's a lot of men who have still got hold of that archetype got the the mother clause in their back so to speak that isn't allowing them to progress into that manhood so that might even be a journey that a, a male goes on prior to birth they go on that initiation phase because a, a woman is going through that beautiful journey into matriescence, into motherhood, and the birth is the, the piece de resistance of that moment for her. So it's like, how does a male find that? And then maybe that is the journey. If you haven't gone through an initiation process as a male, that is something that could potentially occur. And as a, as a partner, that could be something that could be offered up to your to your partner is finding a men's initiation retreat or some kind of like retreat or something like that that a male could go on for a weekend and then come back and be like I've done my part now and quite often it it does it stems back to that mother wound that they haven't had that release from the mother to allow them to then step into manhood yeah I I noticed it myself I I did a bunch of initiations but they still kind of had that mother clause you know so it's definitely something you need to do that work with for sure. 
That's amazing. And I feel like we could have a whole nother podcast chatting about that because there's so much in that in our <laughs> society. And we're going to finish up shortly though, Tice. And I just wanted to ask you two things. One is what are your two or three things that you do every day to sort of keep yourself as centered as possible and present and able to be a responder over reactor? And also where can people find you if our listeners are looking for somewhere to maybe get a little bit of help for their partners or if we have a few guys listening where they can get in touch and get some guidance from you so that they can do some of that work into being an empowered man and dad absolutely morning my routine generally in the morning will begin with me going to the beach i just find that i'm more centered and just calmer when i'm by water most of us are but i'll go down there i'll do some kind of movement i'll just i i personally just feel what my body's feeling really trying to get some spinal flow moving getting the energy moving up and down the spine especially as men if you're sitting down quite often is getting the spine moving getting moved through it however i feel and then drop into a meditation and then come home and start my day i don't start the day with coffee um, or anything like that i'll have a coffee when I, I do have coffee but i'll start the day by going down the beach then for anybody listening it doesn't have to be going down the beach it could be just going into nature without your shoes on and just grounding down um sounds a bit wooey but if you're someone who never takes your shoes off outside just really sit your feet in the ground and actually feel the ground beneath you move whatever you need to do just get in connection take a few breaths and listen to what your body's telling you as my teachers say with the the pain teacher listen to where that pain or discomfort is in the body and let's see if you can move it around and just get it moving and moving through the body and see if that can dissolve with the breath and then some kind of meditation practice i I practice 20 minutes uh two times 20 minute practices a day so morning and afternoon and that's also equates to about four hours of sleep per meditation. So if you're someone who doesn't sleep heavily, if you can get a, a, med- a 20 minute meditation in, that will especially help you throughout early parenting. And then, yeah, to catch up with me, you could uh, look at us up at Flow States Collective on Instagram. Personally, it's at Tyson Venables on Insta. And then flowstatescollective.com has all of our offerings and information on there awesome and tyson works with us at the hormone suite as well so if you are joining us on one of our journeys there's a good chance you'll see tyson there and i really look forward to doing more work with you in the future tyson around men's health and sperm health and infertility and also the growth of men through that space So thank you very much, Tyson, for spending the time with us this morning. And thank you, listeners, for being here. We look forward to chatting with you again soon. See ya. Bye. Okay, sexy hormoners, that's it for us this week. Please don't forget to rate, review, subscribe. And if you need more help with your hormones, we're always here for you at The Hormone Suite Clinic. You can find us at thehormonesuite.com or on Insta at The Hormone Suite. Bye. Bye.